0: Hello and welcome to uh, Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. I'm your host Spencer and with me is uh, Joel. I I have nothing, like this this movie was a struggle for me.
1: Hey, why you don't want to say my name? Uh, No, sorry, that's uh, that's probably not cool to do imitations of that anymore. I apologize (laughs) to all those guys who played... The squeeze box for dogs on romantic nights.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, yeah, this is the second half of the nineteen 1960- sixty. Well, wait. the pairings don't really matter much. This is more say a pairing of two movies. First was Breathless, a movie I I'm not that big of a fan of, and pairs another movie I'm not big a fan of. To honestly, just get over with as early <laughs> as I can. <laughs>
1: At least these are uh, more similar movies than what uh, what was the other one we've done so far?
0: La Strada and La Pointe Court.
1: Yeah, that was that was a bit more difficult to uh, other than uh, filmic styles than to compare like story wise and things like that.
0: Yeah, there's more common ground here. But um, returning from our last season is uh, Amanda, aka W Mass Liberty
2: thanks for having me guys
0: no you're welcome so when I uh... oh troll you can say something
1: yeah I was gonna say if you had to say what video game this movie was most like what game would you say
2: La Ventura um... oh gee hmm maybe Flower do you guys remember that one yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. early PS3 Three? Kind of that was the right? quickest
2: yeah. one I could think of yeah
1: motion control journey journey
2: that's one. journey's really good
1: yeah.
0: yeah yeah yep yeah i can't download games because uh, uh my old email i deleted is attached to my sony account so it's like oh. i have to go through customer service to get that oh, no. fixed and i don't really feel like doing I'll, that
1: i'll reset it for you right now
0: oh great can you call sony and fix <laughs> that for me yep okay perfect but, uh, all right. So, first, um, Amanda, uh, how did you first hear uh, about, uh, my, uh, Michelangelo Antonioni?
2: Honestly, it was kind of like when I was, I had like a bunch of books and I was learning about world cinema and I was kind of going through all the must sees. And that's how I discovered him. And this was probably like early 2000s when I was really starting to get into all of it, like Fellini and, Kurosawa and Ingmar Bergman and then um, Antonioni came up and La Ventura was discussed quite a bit um, and uh, La Notte and The uh, Eclipse, and uh, Red Desert and so I just kind of went through all of them and yeah and that's how I discovered who he was just kind of going through all of the, the must-sees if you will and all the people that were important um, especially like post like uh, Italian neorealism.
0: Oh, all right yeah i think i have a similar thing of like once i started learning about criterion and more international um filmmakers yeah like it was just like antonio and he came up and yep. it was like a fun sounding name i was like oh, i gotta see a movie with that guy that's a that's, that's a funny that's name really funny.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> it's like i probably thought the name was funny
2: <laughs> yeah it was just like yeah. getting through like all the the supposed greats and the important you know people to see and their films to see and just having that that checklist and then getting through it all and experiencing well for the mm-hmm. first time
0: yeah but um uh and but my problem with uh this movie is i watched I, I first saw it like six or seven years ago and it i did not connect with it and i barely remembered it besides i just besides just not liking it at all yeah and watching yeah. it again seven years six or seven years later it's like i i like it even less than i did then there's something about it just irritates me on some level sure. that i can't quite figure out why like why is gets why, like kind of gets under my skin a little bit but it's also i find it kind of boring at the same time mm. interesting yeah. because you
1: hate whitey
0: <laughs> yes that's, that's why. <laughs> but, uh,
2: I I
1: mean, I also hate Whitey, but uh, I, I enjoyed the movie.
0: That's fine.
2: I mean, I kind of feel like I had a different reaction from you. Like, I used to feel that this was difficult to get through, and I, I okay. found that I actually liked it a lot more this time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, like, like like my reaction my first thought was so severe with with it i had like maybe 5 or 6 Antonioni on my netflix dvd queue uh, and i took all and i took all of them off after watching this movie oh, no. it was like nope nope I, and i replaced it all with like um uh, uh argento probably or, or like kurosawa at the time I mean,
2: That's a nice change up but <laughs> <laughs> I
1: imagine somebody at the, the Netflix offices. All right, I got all these Antonioni, Antonioni's ready to go as soon as he he, he erased them all. Some alarm God went off that. somewhere. You have, have to put these yeah. back. Oh, my whole day was planned.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah the ghost of Antonioni was uh, probably like, oh, felt like felt something in the force that, annoyed, that like, made, him th- made him sad. But look whatever. Yeah. What? I
1: think... no, tons of people have seen his movies. He's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what what do you guys like about uh, Laventura?
2: Um, I. Go All ahead. Right, thank you. Um, <laughs> I kind of like how it's totally fine and welcoming and doesn't want anything to do with a narrative and that might be totally (laughs) what makes it unattractive to some people Um, but that's something I like about it just that open style that kind of um, it almost feels empty the movie and kind of what's what's important and what's the focus are the people and then just how lost the actual people are in like this empty world Um, so that's that's kind wow. of what I like about it, especially the, f- the first part of the film where they're um, on the, the voca- volcanic rocks, those uh, Aeolian uh, islands around Sicily, like, and just how harsh they are and how empty they look. Um, and I feel that kind of is, like, the perfect backdrop to how how lost these people are uh, and how confused they are. And, um, I don't know, just kind of that, that contrast and just th- the way that the movie just really is more excited and uh, Antonioni's more excited about just showing you things as long as he needs to um is what I like.
0: <laughs> hmm. Uh, I I want to add an amendment to my opinion on the movie. It, it's not that slow movies like aren't for me yeah. cuz like um Jacques Rivette is probably my favorite French new wave director. Yes. And like his 4-hour movie um La Le- Belle something French, I'm still not sure how to say it. Which is literally four hours of a painter and his model, yeah, and in, in their art studio. Like that was for me riveting all four hours. Yeah, but for some reason, this movie is just like I don't know. Just like like you said, it feels empty. It and does. to me, like I don't get anything from the from the characters. Yeah. I don't feel anything yeah. about the environment. It just feels like random. Yeah, connected scenes.
2: Yeah, I mean. I think, I think that's kind of the randomness is kind of, almost like he doesn't want to tell you what's going on, uh, at the, but at the same time, he just wants you to kind of almost figure it out for yourself somehow. And I feel like that's probably why, like, initially, like, uh, audiences really hated it. <laughs> I just know, like, when it first premiered at uh, at cons, like, people were booing it, and uh, they just hated it so much. I think, like, Antonioni actually, like, left. <laughs> um, um
0: and yeah. uh on the Criteria channel there's like a documentary from the 60s about his career up until that point yeah and monica uh evita she ran out crying during the <laughs> yeah showing. yeah they
2: hated it and the, the audience did it at cons yeah. um and uh i think a big part of that might be because you know you're expecting to actually like maybe it's gonna turn into a detective story and they're actually gonna care to find uh her friend Anna like Leah Masari, like and then it's just kind of the movie's like yeah she's lost and then we're not going to actually really mention it again and the characters aren't really going to care anymore and maybe that was the huge turn off like thinking that's what it was going to turn into because it kind of almost feels like an entirely different movie after they actually um you know get back from their their little island experience where they lose their friend and you know, they're, they're back and they're living their lives again. And then they kind of, I I guess, you know, Sandro and Claudia, um, get into a relationship almost like as if Anna never existed. So maybe that was the, the huge turnoff. Um, but there's definitely like that emptiness there. And I, I feel like it might be a reflection, like I said, of, of the actual characters that are just kind of themselves lost. it almost feels like, um, there's just no life really there i mean that's just kind of the way i took it watching it and then you just kind of somewhat see why maybe this that that attachment that uh sandro had to anna was you know just kind of not that important and i'll just you know gonna start you know another relationship with her friend and just kind of yeah doesn't really seem to care that much if that makes sense
0: yeah uh j-dog uh what about you mm-hmm. what do you like about this movie uh
1: yeah i i really dig any time we subvert the genre that like you walk in assuming it's going to be yeah. like i i didn't read anything about it beforehand i i think i did actually read the plot summary that's on criterion and then i completely forgot about it because when uh, anna disappears on the island i was like wait what yeah <laughs> so uh, and yeah, I mean, the way everyone is so nonchalant about the situation, like nobody's panicking or anything like that, uh, I, I didn't think it was going to become a detective story because I think, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound like an insult, but I think a detective story would have tried to make it seem more interesting, you know? Like I see what you're saying. Like beginning. maybe the
2: actual, yeah, there'd be more involvement too, in terms of searching sure. for her.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it it's starts out as a, like, possibly weird love story going on and then becomes a weird love story again. Yeah. But I I think, um, the subtlety of, of the, like, it, it, there's a, a lesson thing on Criterion that's from the, uh, the textbook, uh, film art, or what, what is it called? Uh, anyways. And there, there's some old white guy who is probably much more popular among film people than I will ever be. Uh, he's talking about, like, how, well, it's, you know, Antonioni didn't want the characters to show emotions, you know, they barely ever emote, you know, and, uh, you have to You know, you have to plant your own ideas of what are going on, which I either what he's saying is true or I read so much emotion in their faces, even though they weren't, you know, they're not doing any sort of like Hollywood thing. And like even subtle actions reading, like who's emotional. And to me, it felt like they were just like cracking over and over uh, time wise. To the point where we get suddenly kind of a weird vertigo thing going on. Except it's, they're both uh, what's her name? Or uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah. So uh, the here's the main reason I like this movie. Number one reason is it never went in a way I was expecting, mm-hmm. and that is when that when a movie can do that. Yeah, it gets extra points automatically, but I also think this movie is beautiful. B-E-E-E-E-E-E, and the rest of the letters, beautiful.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, I'm outside deprived just like everybody else. Maybe that's why, but I was like, oh, I want to go to that island. Oh, I want to look at that architecture. Oh, I want to go down that street, you know?
2: Definitely could be a part of it, but yeah, I agree. It is beautiful
0: yeah there's a lot of like uh shot like from upward angle looking down da- like looking down or like kind of far away like really em- emphasizing this like the emptiness and loneliness yeah and uh that i wrote in my notes somewhere it's like it like it feels like that's uh uh inspired like something later on but i can't remember what it was, but there's a lot of shots of this, like, people alone, and it's, like, very painterly, which, um, Antonio, when he was a painter, and, like, that does really sh- shine through. Like, Kerslaw was also a painter, and you watch his movies, you can tell, like, this uh, composition of, like, of a shot, like, it, it, it like, it, it comes from a place of that they, they, tra- they are trained or have experience in a different art form, and this really feels like. Uh, like you can tell like antonio and he has other interests besides film like uh yeah that's it
2: yeah just a lot of the ways that uh a lot of the actors are just situated on screen um uh, just kind of just off center or just kind of sometimes in the background or in the foreground or the way that the lighting is absolutely it's definitely his the fact that he's just an artist and he kind of is all about telling you things through his the visuals, um, as opposed to and then mm. letting them last as long as possible. Um kind of like the a scene where, um, like Monica Vitti is uh kind of sitting up top like after she found out that uh, uh Sandro, um, Gabrielle Frazetti, uh like cheated on her at the end of the movie and he, she's kind of just like sitting on top and then you I feel like you watch him walk all the way to the top of where <laughs> she is and it's kind of at night, and it yeah. just kind of t- totally follows him all the way up, and I think, you know, some people would be like, oh gosh, just get to the top already, and um, other people would be like, oh, well that's that's really interesting, because the lighting and the way that he's moving, and I think definitely Antonioni's is the latter of really wanting to show you everything about it. Um, yeah. So that's something I like.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, that feels like that, uh, back to the neorealism that uh, I don't think we talked on here we were talking before I, I can't remember but uh, you know the scenes where somebody working in the kitchen sees ants on the walls and you know lights a paper on fire and then brushes at the ants it's like we can cut to something else at any time that's that's what I feel like a person who was only used to a Hollywood fare would be saying to me it's like oh yeah. <laughs> like a fascinating tale of a man going down a path yes. yeah and I want to ask myself, uh, why? when did you get so boring? But I don't care.
2: <laughs> I think it's kind of like we I mean, just, you know, just my opinion from how I see it. Like we, sometimes we, I think we forget to live in the moment and enjoy just basic things. And it's just kind of helping us see those things and wants us to really, really experience it. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I, I get from that. And... hmm yeah,
1: and it's an excellent way to make a character even more personable than they, they would be. You yeah. know, just having somebody likable is one thing, but it's, you know, seeing the experiences of somebody doing a chore and being like, yeah, that sucks. I, I know what that's like. And your children are yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah
0: uh, and w- one thing that really jumped out was... Um, this women in in, in society yeah because like in the beginning you get sandro being a perv and like uh <laughs> i can't remember if and if anna is this has disappeared yet but like there's a part where he's on a boat and one of their couple friends or whatever he's like like he's like looking under under a table at her legs and yeah like so immediately you know like oh this guy sucks even though like you can tell like for a moment you see him it's like Oh, this is probably, like, your typical, um, like, shitty Italian guy character that you see. You know, like a like Marcello Mastroianni type character that you would see at, <laughs> at the time.
2: Yeah, I think, like, same le- year, too, La Dolce Vita. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. And I find it interesting, like, you mentioned that, because these three movies uh, in this, like, sort of trilogy ish. Um, I think it's the Alienation trilogy, if I remember what they call it. Um right. every single one is it wants the, the audience and the viewer to see themselves uh through the um the central uh female character which I thought was, was kinda neat. So for this one it's uh Monica Vitti. I think the La Note it's uh Sean Moreau. And then I think um we were back to Monica Vitti, but it's always through the the eyes of the woman which is interesting
0: yeah because i'm thinking like of the other his contemporaries at the time like fellini obviously like his wife what was would star in stuff at this point yeah uh but then like um uh Rossellini, i don't think was as centered on women from like what limited stuff like i know about his movies which i haven't seen any of his movies but uh i don't mm. see it and uh
1: who, who was it?
0: Rossellini? Oh, yeah. Rossellini? Sure i not
1: have either. Isabella Rossellini?
0: <laughs> no, I heard that. I don't think she was even born yet. Yeah. Or maybe she mm-hmm. was. I don't know.
2: I mean, there's the um, movies he did with uh, Ingrid Bergman, um, where she's like a central, important uh, figure. I know, like, I'm trying to remember. I haven't seen them in so long. Um, there's kind of... I mean, they're... I think there's stromboli and then there's uh journey to italy and there's europe 51 but i just remember stromboli in particular which is interesting because there's like an ending where she's like um if i remember correctly like climbing around on mountains or volcanoes and it's just kind of this this really sad scene with ingrid bergman and just kind of seen through her perspective as well but yeah i don't think like he made them necessarily in a similar way where he wanted the audience to be experiencing everything through through the female character um like antonioni does
0: yeah and like there are uh, some great moments in la ventura where you get the where you really just understand like where she is like uh like in society because there are several parts where she is this existing and you see and it's towards the end and it's like this one long sequence of this she's alone because Sandro's is alf somewhere doing something and all these men just gather around her and watch her and follow her like 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 predators yeah and it's
1: that's a as Sarah said that's that is what it feels like so
2: yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I...
1: like we we're, we're talking about the the feelings from you know it, it was a a good idea but there there's a ton of male gaze oh, in this yeah. movie so it, it was it yeah. was kind of a I, I, a nice effort.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not a woman, so I don't know if, if it's. I, I assume it's probably like it's,
2: that. I mean, I haven't <laughs> experienced it like that with the entire town, but um, I mean, definitely. I mean, there's there's some, some things I've experienced that are, are similar to that, and it's funny because like, I just when I'm watching it, I'm also seeing it through just trying to be like, okay, so I'm Antonioni, and I'm making this movie, and you know, I'm dating Monica Vitti at the time. (laughs) So I think a lot of that too (laughs) is like just him infatuated with her. Um, I think they started their relationship at the same year ish when they, he initially casted her. This is like, I think her first big uh, role. Um, So that definitely probably has really something to do with that, even though it's not her in that particular scene with the whole town. Um, Looking at this, this actress (laughs) slash I think prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a lot of that, and I don't know if that's just also um, him kind of portraying uh, men in, uh, like, Italy then, um, and that kind of macho, um, you know, kind of way that they uh, just were a little more open and uh, improper about going for what they liked and what they wanted, um, mm. but I think it might be a mix of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm yeah
0: i mean like i said earlier it's basically like i th- i feel like him commenting on like because by this point marcello was like already a superstar and yep. that was like the marcello character that you know i love marcello in movies like i imagine he might have been like in, in real life i i, I kind of s- suspect that <laughs> yeah. and that's uh, his way of like making fun of that and pointing out like actually this act- actually this is not good we shouldn't like celebrate this even though yeah uh they are well, they were.
2: I don't know if they still are. <laughs> um, yeah. They still are. Um, I think that, like, it's kind of a good point, too, because just, I feel this movie, could. It, it, sometimes this movie feels like it could have come out yesterday. Like, it's incredibly modern. Um, and I think, like, a lot of a lot of filmmakers are still really influenced by it. Like, I recently watched, um, what was it, Uncle Boon Me? I don't know if you guys have seen that. And, oh I love that movie yeah but I
0: can't talk about it because I don't understand like human how to like grasp it yeah
2: it's just that's yeah it's what makes it I think like so interesting like and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the director pronounce the director's name um it's just not something I can do because I do not understand the language but um that movie like definitely has like feelings of you know Antonioni style and I think just kind of wanting you to figure things out and things that are s- unexplainable uh, but at the same time somewhat relatable i mean i feel i can't relate to these characters at all in these movies but at the same time i think that feeling of of um just kind of these empty landscapes especially right now that's what i was thinking of when i was watching this like with uh just the way uh it is i've been going to work this whole time with covid and i'm one of only a few people in the office and just I don't experience the traffic I used to and just things kind of feel a little more empty if that makes sense kind of like this movie and the movies in this trilogy like so that's relatable for me just the way that these landscapes are and um just inanimate objects just not normally the way that they are um but yeah but I definitely I think that director who did Uncle Boon me <laughs> I guess I'm not gonna say his name uh, I, if I remember correctly I think there was um he got in that movie something he did do uh, an homage to uh, Blow Up, if I'm remembering right, um, which Antonioni did.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Like, like it. Like I never, didn't even think of Uncle Boo and me. Like th- that movie. Like I fully connect with, and that uh, the other movie he did, Cym- Cemetery of Splendor. Yeah. Like those, I really connect with, and like once when once I get to the the end of those, like. <coughs> like I just burst into tears and I don't understand why yeah but those movies just always do that for me but like yeah I don't know like why that works but this quite but this really doesn't
2: it just I mean for me I think it was um just the characters are more relatable um at least to me and and Uncle Boon me for example versus I can't relate to people that are living like superficial relationships because that's not something I, I want to do and <laughs> um, that are incredibly well off and a part of, of the very wealthy class and in that part of Italy like that's not where I am so that's not at all relatable to me um, and I think just kind of people yeah. that are close to their family and are experiencing loss and and you know that's just something that was a little more relatable to me with with what I've experienced so, and that might be why for me with Uncle Bunmi, but um, I just feel like the characters are just so different, but just the style is the same, and just kind of wanting you to, yeah. to experience it and learn it and, and really feel the surroundings.
0: Yeah, uh, Joel. Have you seen Uncle Boone? Me? Negative. No. Uh, I'm really curious what you think of it. Yeah. And actually, same. if you uh, and if if Aaron ever has time um, to not take care of his baby. You guys could do a, mm. a clip so on it because technically it is a fantasy film.
1: Uh, he's busy, man, because he just barely. I just he barely watched the Power Rangers movie today for mm-hmm. the first time. I talk about the one from the, nineties. Uh, the 90s. 90s? Yeah. wow. So he's got a big. You know, I'll tell him to put it on the list, though.
0: He's got a lot of work <laughs> to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he has free time from the baby, then, he, then he should, but.
1: She has a baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, control stop. <laughs> <sighs> you've, met, you've met the you've met the baby. I haven't. Come on.
1: That's not true. I haven't met that baby yet. That baby was born during COVID time. So
0: oh, huh. I didn't know. Okay. I, I assumed you did. Never. Mind. I thought that was before COVID times. When the oh. heck was that?
1: It's all. It's always yeah. been COVID times. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right um let's see what else was it um what uh joel you mentioned earlier that this movie is both criticizing like like male gaze and like also it is engaging in it so like uh what scene what parts or scenes like stuck out to you of like of contradictory of like you have like the scenes of men being creeps but also like uh you know you you get like the movie indulging that too
1: I mean, it's an Italian movie. We're going to have the male gaze. I don't think there's ever yeah. been an Italian movie. I think I think women tried to make movies in Italy, and when they got to the editing room, all their film had somehow been reshot with <laughs> women and with skin. Not not all their skin, Some. just most yeah. of their skin.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so you know uh, that I feel like uh, the the creepy men scene that are all going around her in the when she, I can't even remember what she does. She walks somewhere and then she walks back and.
2: Like to a car, I think. Yeah. I,
1: I, yeah. Like, and I feel like that was to make us think like, are all men like this? Is is this man different that says he loves me now? Like, I mean, I, I, you know, we don't know anything about her past or anything right. like that, but you could try to imagine why she would be worried about, you know, love and getting hurt again. Uh, not not just because uh, her friend just disappeared a week ago, and that's really stupid. But <laughs> to start a relationship right. randomly with uh, her possible ex-fiancé. Oh, wait, they're not. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, like, on the boat scene, where we see the women talking to each other, you know, there's, there's a whole undressing scene, which despite showing like not even not even a side boob or anything nope. like that like <laughs> nope. the, kind of, yeah. the kind of things that PG-13 movies now are like well it's got to have side otherwise people won't think it's sexy <laughs> i i think it is super sexy from the way it's being shot and stuff like yeah. that and i'm a am sorry i'm a straight man i and i i feel like we that was you know male gays watching them yeah uh walk around each other and stuff like that yeah So, and other, you know, there other stuff.
2: (laughs) There's like a there's like a boob grab scene. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Joel did say it's an Italian movie, so yes, you know, that's like on the list of
1: things I have to check off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, did did uh, either of you feel any Hitchcock
0: vibes from this? um v- very vaguely because like with the step of the mystery angle yeah like if it, like it's a, it's a tease of a thriller it's like oh is this gonna be like a kind of hitchcockian and no not really mm. but like i feel like the setup is there for like a hitchcock style movie
2: right yeah i kind of agree with you i think it just kind of feels like it decides to to maybe almost kind of go there and then it's like nope never mind it's like a tease and then it just kind of decides mm-hmm. that it's no longer important
1: yeah tickle tickles your brain with the idea that there is you're gonna find out some deep thing and it's like nope it is just like life you're just gonna be left wondering just like the characters are <laughs> yeah um, I thought the like I said uh, when she the whole scene where she puts on that wig and starts it looks practically like Anna yeah. Um, yeah, Claudia does that and uh, you know w- one of the ways that subverted my uh, what I thought was going to happen is like I'm for sure she's going to run into him and he's going to be like what the oh never do that again or something like that and that did not happen she left the room and then realized she still had the wig on and threw it back. Is that? It's, is that what you're talking about, like vertigo? Weird ver- <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. And also him, you know, seeing that other woman and the the woman he ends up yeah. cheating on or with is you know kind of a doobie mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. And the only other one that I I could pick out and I feel like this is a movie that would actually reward rewatching for seeing th- certain things was <laughs> when they they're uh, fooling around on the grass um, the train like goes by right next to them and I was I just couldn't help but think of you know the train going into the tunnel in uh, what is that north by Northwest yes uh, yes y- yes to represent you know that thing <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, that like that's that's a fish scene. Hey, Spencer. What?
1: you, you know what I'm
0: talking about? Yeah, yes, I'm talking about is that the when we okay. talk about fish or something? Or that another Hitchcock. Right.
1: I don't remember.
0: It's been too it's been a while I've seen that.
1: Yeah. I gotta watch it.
0: Yeah, but uh okay, uh, what do you get uh Type of the structure, but, um, something I have in my notes that I was trying to, like, uh, figure out is, like, uh, with after the whole island sequence do, like, uh, it, like, it feels like there's, like, it's, it's like Sandra's going on a physical journey to find Anna, but Claudia's and I'm on an emotional journey to try to, like, deal with, like, they're, they're, at, like, losing her best friend, I guess her best friend. You don't get that much time of them together. Right. But it seems to be like physical, one half is physical, one half is emotional.
2: Yeah. Mm. And he's definitely like more just seems generally depressed, um, which I feel like is kind of like all the men in these in these three movies, not just Laventura. Um But yeah, absolutely. There's also like this weird, like almost like they're trying to, I mean, I know they do have... A re, like a relationship after Anna's gone but it almost seems like they're always trying to get it and like they're kind of you know, trying to go that far I don't know if that makes sense um then they're not really able to to get it I don't know if that's like that that just for me like kind of that emptiness that exists where and then it's just kind of superficial so then he can just you know easily cheat on her with that other woman on the couch hmm. I don't know if that's a part of it but it just kind of feels like it's this that almost that emptiness with them as well which is why they're so quickly able to move on from Anna
0: yeah which um do you guys uh, think this is kind of a ghost story in the second half cause like they're cause like well, at least Claudia seems haunted despite like the memory of dealing with like the aftermath of losing her best friend and it's like and someone just feels like she's haunted like like literally haunted by the memory so she can't really pursue a relationship with Sandro
1: no, I feel. I feel like both of them are being haunted that way. You know, not, not a literal ghost story, but li- like I was saying, like they're a stray thought in both of their brains. That's a cancer that's slowly growing. You know, it's it's much worse for her than it is for him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it is. Um, I mean that that becomes the suspense in it. If anything. You know, we're not we're never going to find out about anna it's like how much longer is it going to take before these two break because there's no way this is going to be happily ever after
0: no all right uh, uh so we talked about um um monica avidi's performance but what do you think of the guy who played sandra who damn i did not look up
2: um, Gabrielle Frizzetti, like, um, I think. He was
0: <coughs> good as, like, a kind of sleazy, um, Italian guy.
2: Gabriel Frizzetti. Frazzetti. Yep. Frazzetti. Yes. Yeah, I f- he was in a, a ton of, uh, like, 50s and 60s movies. Is Manda still there? Uh,
1: looks like she was on mute. No,
2: looks like, yep, maybe, I can't uh, tell. I can't tell. Oh, boy. Can you guys hear me okay? My mute's being weird
1: hello
2: how about now <clears throat> okay all right okay. that was weird it was yeah, like yeah, yeah, freezing yeah. on me and i was trying to like unmute because my furnace got loud my apologies <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um yeah um I, he was uh i just know he was in a, a ton of uh like italian movies i think in like the 50s and 60s um but i f- oh, i feel yeah, like he had a small in... role in once upon a time in the west um Mm-hmm. and one of the bond movies i can't remember which one um
0: uh he's in honor magic secret service okay
2: um i don't know i thought he did a great job playing the italian guy that uh kind of is a a little the the, the stereotypical macho i'm gonna get the women i want type of role <laughs> um but yeah he generally kind of i mean i, I guess his... I just don't really feel like he really was all that concerned with Anna missing. Like kind of got over her pretty fast.
1: Yeah, he, he definitely got over her <laughs> fast. I, yeah, a, I, mean, so. I I can't yeah, during the what uh, after the first hour probably when when he's like is trying to track down the person from the newspaper who may have talked to somebody and go to the pharmacy. Like I, I don't feel like it's because he's actually looking for Anna. It's like he needs to distract himself from uh, um, Claudia not
2: not accepting his love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that train seems a little awkward at first. Um, yeah, very stalkerish. Um, but yeah. <clears throat>
0: Um, Frazzetti is in that infamous '82 movie that uh, was funded by like a church or something that has Benghazara and Mofune and Lord Olivier.
1: What are you talking about?
0: Uh, Inchun. It has. This movie has a crazy history and it was a huge flop. But, uh, it, it's, it's a whole oh, episode on own so, But, um, yeah.
1: Adding to my watch list. There we go.
0: I hear it's just. Uh, it's a colossal mess. Hmm. All right. uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say about La Ventura. Like, Other than it's your favorite movie ever. Uh, there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I... Yeah, like, there are things, there are good things about it. I, 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 I can under, I can see kind of what he's going for in some ways, but just, I just, just the act of watching it, it took... Three days to get through it. <laughs>
2: I mean, you got through it, though. So, a lot of people do not get get through movies yeah. they don't like. So, that's that's good. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I kind of... I don't know. I, I feel like the first time I saw this, it was a struggle for me. And I just had the reverse experience recently. So, I don't know. It's just it's that way sometimes in the movies. Like, sometimes you go back to them and you just dislike them more. Or you, you find out that you like them more. So... I guess it makes it makes it fun. Um,
0: and we have two more, uh, not Visconti, Antonioni's coming up. So nice. I wonder how I rea- how I react to those two, the two famous <coughs> ones, uh, Eclipse and Blow Up.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Did you say biscotti? <laughs> I said
0: <laughs> uh, I, I said Visconti. Yeah, I was thinking
2: biscotti oh, okay. goes really a, good with that,
0: coffee. Yeah, I was
1: going to say that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Visconti uh, is a different person than Antonioni
2: yeah.
1: I kind of see one of the ways I kind of like this on a, a way that I thought you would also Spencer is is the way mm-hmm. La Pointe Court was also a scenery movie yeah. and, you know and La Pointe Court is not a beautiful scenery movie it's an interesting scenery yeah. movie whereas this one was like you know the island and then like I said the architecture and like hotel rooms even yeah. like I just couldn't my eyes could not get enough so I thought for sure but I think you were calmed by the, that reminds me oh I'm sorry uh, I was gonna say I think you were calmed by the sea the rocking of the sea <laughs> and went to sleep because of that but what it reminded me of is the one part that to me that I was like oh I don't know if I've actually ever seen that before was the shots of the island from the boat where the camera is obviously attached to the boat and rocking. Oh. The, the view is
0: rocking with the yeah. waves. Yeah. Didn't the yeah. lighthouse do that?
2: The... I don't remember. The lighthouse is in the one that just came out, like, last year. Yeah,
0: yeah. the the, the, the uh, Don't You Like Me Lobsters lighthouse. <laughs> that oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the beginning uh, there I about shots shot like that.
1: I heard an interview with the director and he said he was uh, directly influenced by Laventura for that movie. No, my <laughs> b- okay. it, it probably does happen in that. And it's probably happened a bunch of times, but uh, it, it really stood out because it's a crystal clear black and white movie and just the, like a, a bunch of the things he chooses to do with the actors, like speaking while their heads turned away from the camera and things like that. I feel like this is seeing the camera rock on the boat was something that made people's monocles flip off of their eyes or, you know
2: especially like yeah. then like, oh. cuz so much of what this movie does is kind of new um so yeah it uh, must have been interesting must have really had them booing at cons yeah yeah they're
0: always
1: exactly. there was
2: <laughs> exactly
0: yeah, but uh one of the signs that like you know they're wealthy early on is they have um an italian greyhound <clears throat> not just a normal greyhound but the italian one oh which um my uh my girlfriend's mom's friend has one and basically you have to be like a stay-at-home um, person to take care of it because they're so fragile and like they can break their bones even more easily compared to um most dogs so like seeing just a little tiny greyhound yeah. is like oh these people have money
2: is that the small little cute Spencer, dog right? that he like says you're dirty get off of me animal yeah. that one okay yeah
1: <laughs> yes like and that made me it laugh was. because he was like cradling it. And then he woke up and he was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what do you think it was? A beautiful woman? Exactly. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Spencer, in mm-hmm. in Italy, they call those greyhounds. They call ours American greyhounds.
0: N- no, it's a I different breed. I just wanted breed. to straighten that out for you. <laughs> okay, it's a different breed. I'm pretty sure it's like the fancy rich people greyhound.
2: I don't know. They had me at their yacht, so it's kind of... <laughs>
0: Well, that too, but seeing the seeing the fancy dog was like, ooh, that's
2: interesting. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah. Um. The, in real life, they are very adorable, but you have to be very careful.
1: Oh. I'm not usually throwing around dogs, anyways. <laughs> so I
0: think I'd yeah. be okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else was there? Uh, I don't know. But like, um. Let's get into, like, Antonioni a little bit. He, uh, he came from theater. He had a theater group, um, in college, and he directed a lot of theater, which does show, like, it just does feel theatrical in certain ways. And, like, uh, and he was also, uh, he kind of had a similar background to, um, the French New Wave guys, the Cahiers du Cinema people, because he was a film, um, critic at one point, And, like, he... Uh, worked for film magazines in the 40s I think it was before he started making movies but uh, like his whole his his life <coughs> is pretty interesting and like he apparently d- he uh, in, in a documentary on Cartoon Channel they, from the 60s they talk to all his friends and mm. they all say the same thing that he's quite reserved and it's hard to know what's going on with him and just like his uh, movies and apparently uh, yeah and they all said just like his movies like he's kind of mysterious and you don't quite know what's going on with him and they and even talked to they talked to fellini this was when they're shooting uh juliet of the spirits what's it i forgot what the movie's called but um and fellini just says like uh he like looks up to antonio and he goes like he uh he will not change like the type of movies he makes he clearly is interested in one type Mm -hmm. And he will force on the public no matter what. <laughs> and he said he doesn't that about him.
1: No matter what? <laughs> yeah. Listen Apparently here, he, buddy. You're he going to make trouble... a different kind of movie or I'm going <laughs> to shoot you. <ya. laughs>
0: he had trouble getting funding and getting uh, distribution because his movies were difficult. But he kept mm. on like, he was he clearly interested in this one type so he kept pushing this one type and you know, he it, he made it work.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm proud of him. <laughs>
2: jack nicholson was too like when he got the honorary oscar
1: oh uh, yeah i oh there were some audio recordings on there yeah i listened to one uh that was like a uh a letter written by antonioni where answering the question what is your what is this movie about or something like that and and uh, he just kind of waxed on about like his past and all these things like in his uh, what he considered artistic values and what was important in art and, and it, you know I do really like his take of um, it doesn't matter what I my intentions when I made this piece of art were it is up to the observer to decide what they see and what it is uh, that is my general opinion about art and also like once it's out of the hands of the creator unless they go back and you know uh, mess with whatever they're doing and there's nothing wrong with that it's their creation other than destroying a bunch of people's uh, dreams Star Wars it's I I do think that once it's uh, out in public and being interpreted it's the important interpretation is yours Mm -hmm. the viewer that is was well, that just me battling i apologize
0: no <laughs> no like, I, I i like that opinion like um i'm not trying to throw shade on like uh, del toro but his uh director commentaries on some of his movies are a little like you explain too much this is this kind of it's kind of boring to listen to you explain everything yeah
2: i really only like when he uh, talks about his bleak house honestly yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd rather have him talk about movies he likes and, like, ex- over-explain everything. It kind of takes the fun out of... And it took to find out of Pan's Labyrinth for a little bit for me.
2: Yeah. That's kind of, like, back to... I just kind of like how there's just so much that you have to kind of just try to figure out on your own with uh, Antonioni's movies. And there's, there's really not a lot of answers there. And it's kind of telling you that that's okay. Yeah.
0: And, um... Okay, so this is paired with Breathless. Joel, uh, you said there's a lot of crossover with Breathless. At least, at least well, more than the first pairing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, love, two lovers, man and a woman, who you can't tell whether their feelings are authentic or whether sometimes whether they even like each other if they're going through the motions. Like, I, I get uh, Breathless is way more blasé about their... <laughs> uh love whatever will they i mean it's not even will they want they it's like she is only slightly interested and, and doesn't seem to be getting into what he's doing and you could almost say the same thing about Laventura, <laughs> La where he's for some reason head over heels and she's not not only does she think it's inappropriate she is also not <laughs> interested yeah but uh, he does the Steve Urkel and just keeps pursuing her, and eventually she has to give in. Train pulls yeah. into the station.
0: Yeah, I mean, have you seen the Marcello Mastroianni movie? That kind of happens in those movies. This, you keep pushing forward. and
1: I mean, I've seen uh, The Tenth Victim.
0: <laughs> well, what watches, like, romantic comedies? It...
1: I don't know. Don't make me watch those two movies. Genres at the same time.
0: <laughs> We're gonna watch at least one of them uh, uh, down the road from here. Mm. You'll you'll oh, right. like it. You'll like some of it. I can. I'll say that much. Mm. <laughs> don't Find know. something
1: I, I dislike more than French musicals or, or regular musicals. Not French musicals.
0: Oh. Oh, you so, oh you like um the, the young girls of Roche, Rochefort whatever. Umbrellas of Cherbourg.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. French musicals are the exception to my musical rule.
0: Okay, so this will go differently with *Alexandria* than other ones. Okay, I guess you won't like. We'll see when we get to that. But, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't see much connection with *Breathless* besides like they're kind of like the two of the big explosive international movies from the from this year.
1: They're also kind of non-stories that have slightly interesting things going on that it's like oh it could be interesting now oh it could be interesting now oh it could be you know it ends up being more about yeah what whatever is going the, the philosophies that the two characters are sharing with each other or uh, uh fluids whatever philosophy fluids anyways mm-hmm. i i i think they're they're much more similar than the other two were
0: Oh yeah,
2: definitely I mean, I'm trying to remember, I haven't seen Breathless in a while Don't They try to escape to Italy, isn't that like a part of the plan?
0: Uh, yeah, he's trying to get her to go to Rome with him Yeah
1: Yeah But she's, I mean, she's saying basically no for right. the most part
0: Yeah. Alright, so, uh <laughs> Uh, yeah This is on Criterion Channel You can get the Blu-ray or DVD or whatever I don't know it's if you have the digital res- restoration yeah. that was if- beautiful.
2: Yes, it's so it good. It looks like a brand new movie. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, and uh I don't know. Like, I like, I I don't think it should, it should be banned or anything. Like that's stupid. It's like, you know, <laughs> everyone should like, you know, give Antonio a shot. No
2: movie should be banned.
0: Maybe you like yeah. it. Yeah, not, maybe not like,
1: like Birth of a Nation or uh, <laughs> uh Song of the South. <laughs>
0: No, those are... Um,
1: other racist movies.
0: There are a lot of racist movies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, you know... I dragged they...
1: Across Concrete. Uh, no, sorry.
0: Oh. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't fuck with Mel Gibson. <laughs> and if you like Mel Gibson, that's fine. I just... He's an unrepentant racist, in my opinion. I really like Apocalypse, but, though, um, I'm
2: not gonna lie. I never yep.
0: said he wasn't talented. It's just... No. I can't get past the racism. Oh, it's yeah, definitely there. Some things, yeah. Use. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you know, uh, if if if, uh, if Antonio sounds interesting to you, watch his movies. If not, I don't know, watch Shakta or whatever. It doesn't matter.
1: I mean, yeah, I've only seen two: this and Blow Up, and maybe La Ventura is probably like the perfect metric to know if you can get all the way through it and you enjoyed it. Then seek out some more. Don't do what Spencer's going to do and watch another one, even though it's obvious he hates the guy.
0: Oh, uh, we got two more, and uh, two t- in at least one of them, the person, will, the guest, will do most of the talking. Mm. Uh, n- n- not uh, that sounds like an insult, to you Amanda. No, okay. it, it, it's, it's who, <laughs> no, it's someone. No, it's someone who talks a lot. That's like, oh, great, take the take the uh, burden off of me. Talking about Antonio. <laughs>
2: what are what are the other two did you say you're doing e- eclipse and
0: what eclipse blow with Fun- right. with thunderberg and blow up with my friend uh aaron oh nice a different Aaron, not the not joel's friend but uh, uh yeah, Gamb- not, not the good Aaron. <laughs> no uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh where, anyway so yeah 1960 a lot of stuff came out this year um yeah so, uh, yeah. What would you recommend from this year?
2: Uh, uh do you want me to go?
0: Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Anyone can go.
2: All right. Um, let me just. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of good ones. Um, one I really like is uh. City of the Dead, which is also called Horror Hotel. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um. I know the t- I know the
0: title. That's about it.
2: Yeah, it is like. I'm like really kind of amazed more people don't talk about it. Um, it's it kind of almost feels like a '50s like genre horror movie, but then at the same time, it's um, very like '60s like um, psychotic like scary ghost story. It's got some of that that new style of horror film coming out vibe to it, um, and it's a ghost story. And it, the movie is is beautiful the way it's shot, and it all takes place in this uh, fake uh, town in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, and it's got the whole witchcraft thing going on. It is, d- I know people like really overuse Hidden Gem, but that's exactly what it is. Uh, and it's definitely mm. worth checking out. But um, I feel like, yeah, it goes by both names, City of the Dead and uh, Horror Hotels, the other one.
0: I have an important question about this movie. Sure. Is this a Christopher Lee giving a shit performance or is he kind of uh, out of it? performance
2: um i don't think he's hmm, i think he's kind of in between the two i think you're really kind of watching it for just how atmospheric the movie is it's definitely that is totally its vibe yeah he he's not great he's not bad
0: okay i see christopher lee in the cast and i'm i i want to know if it's if it's him actually trying because sometimes you can really tell with the light hammer ones with him you can really tell he is not into it
2: anymore (laughs) he plays like i'm trying to remember i think he's like this really weird and kind of just generally creepy like uh professor if i remember right in this um but yeah he doesn't he's not entirely phoning it in if that's what you're getting at um but (laughs) it's definitely like there's a lot of haunted shadows there's like the scary mist, there's these really like frightening, like uh, like disembodied people. Like it's just got this awesome scary um, vibe, and it's I think some like I, I read somewhere where it was compared a little bit to like kind of like almost being like a Val Newton type of movie. Um, so it's kind of mm. it just kind of has all those those awesome things that I like in in this era of, of of horror movies, and it's just not talked about. And it's a really cool like ghost story. So definitely that um and then there's so many more i could bring up but i think another one i really like <laughs> um and i'll just bring up one more is a uh, letter never sent i don't know if you guys have seen that one um it's kind of like these uh geologists going searching for for diamonds and they get trapped in this like crazy forest fire um and that's the movie i don't want to like kind of spoil anything but it's basically like i think like i don't know if you guys saw the revenant but the revenant wishes it was letter never sent like that's probably like the best way i could sum it up like this is a million times better
0: um and i think um uh friend of the show alistair on his podcast through of files unite did episode on this Familiar.
2: Yeah, and it's just, speaking of like cinematography, like this movie is like top 10 probably like all time. Just the cinematography alone, uh, just the way it looks and just just how crazy it gets with, you know, you, just them being stuck there uh, in this kind of escaping that forest fire um, when they were really just there to, to find these diamonds. But it's it's just amazing looking. Um, so yeah, so Letter Never Sent is another one. Um <coughs>
1: Glad you told me about that, because based on the title, I would probably never look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Letter never sent. Hmm. What about that letter? Okay, I'm
2: going. Yeah, I think it's in Um, Siberia, if I'm remembering right. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, it's (laughs) not about people not sending a letter in a mailbox. (laughs) Okay. I think it's the same director that did the Cranes Are Flying, um, Kalatozov
0: yeah i I do think alistair has seen this movie at least talked about it with me at some point yeah but uh there's so
2: many more but i'll leave it with those two
0: all right uh i went through a bunch on a breathless episode so instead i will recommend a book from the next from 61 but it is probably being written or at least uh sent to a publisher at this point so it counts uh uh Slash, it doesn't matter, but the novel Jagua Nana by Cyprian, uh, uh Quincy. He's one of the, um, key figures in the Nigerian literature movement in the 50s that started with, um, uh, Amos Tutuola. But, uh, Cyprian Quincy, uh, he's not as talked about as, um, Chinua Achebe, but he should be. He's just as good where he, um, um a Quincy focused on like urban life and in colonial and post-colonial Nigeria and Jago Nana is um the story of a prostitute and her life and I think it's Lagos uh uh pretty much but um if you can find it uh get it but uh yeah uh, uh yeah he, he's just a, a really good um a great writer from from this time that i don't think it's enough love hmm. as his contemporaries get but he definitely should be uh his stuff should be read more often and also his books are his novels are pretty short so it's not like reading like war and peace like i think it's uh drago and Nana's maybe 200 pages hmm. at the most like it's it's a pretty short read
1: <clears throat> some of us like war and peace no i'm just kidding i don't uh, is that it? Or did you have a different book?
0: No, that's it. That's Jaguar uh Cipriana Quincy.
1: Okay. Uh, I want to mention that I was saying before I hadn't seen a, a Roberto Rossellini movie, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally not true. I've seen Paisan, but more important than that, I've seen The Machine That Kills Bad People uh, for Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space. So... <laughs> Uh, that's that's an episode where we talked about it, and uh, I, I, my co-hosts were slightly confused, and I was totally amused.
0: All right. Uh,
1: but that that's not from 1960. So yeah, just like you, I've basically named everything that isn't super famous that I've seen, except for a couple that I wasn't as uh, hot for. So let me mention those because I got nothing else. Um, so Elmer Gantry, nineteen sixty, came out here. Stars Burt Lancaster and Jean Simmons, the person that uh, that kiss person stole the name of after he cut off her head. Um, it's it's a really good drama. Um, he uh, Burt Lancaster plays this charlatan like alcoholic who runs scams until he runs into a woman at like a revival thing and he convinces her that he's a a, a, actually a pious man and they uh end up together but later in the movie you know like his past comes back to bite him in the, the rear and it's i just uh I remember it being very solid and completely easily to watch. Like through one sitting, you're not going to get bored or anything like that. And I remember both Gene Simmons and Burl and Lancaster being very good in it. Um, the only reason, Mike, it's it's not one that I'm singing from the rooftops from, is that I feel like there are a lot of movies from that era that had kind of a similar feeling and kind of a similar. Uh, trying to teach you a lesson but actually is <laughs> a good movie anyways sort of thing. But uh right. Elmer Elmer Gantry's worth your time. If you've got looking for something to do.
0: Okay. And, and I had the, mention... the other
1: one oh sure. What do you want Um
0: I have it's a it's I I haven't seen it, but uh, the Unforgiven Audrey Hepburn movie. People know Audrey Hepburn is my favorite actress. Uh well mm-hmm. I have a couple, but she's definitely up there. And uh uh, she's always great, even if the movie is blah. But I just wanted to mention that you know there's an Audrey movie from is this that year. Unforgettable. is not like Burt Lancaster yeah, her, one. Her one western.
2: <laughs> All right. Yes, John Huston, I think.
1: Is mm-hmm. does she play the the Duck of
0: Death? <laughs> not, uh, uh... No, it's her one western, which uh, there's probably reason. She oh, it is. The it one. is actually a western. <laughs> exactly, it's <as> a western. <laughs> Uh, Morgan Freeman was understand. somehow in that, too. <laughs> I don't I don't think that Eastward has anything to do with it. Oh, no. No, probably not. <clears throat> uh,
1: okay, the other one I have never mentioned before is The Naked Island by Kanedo Sh- uh, Shindo.
0: Have you seen this, Spencer? Nope, that's been on my list of... Eventually, I'll get to it.
1: I mean, yeah. It feels like neorealism, uh, because we're just watching these basically these this woman and this man and occasionally their their children like doing their chores to be able to survive on this island and i can't remember if it's like they they don't really have any contact outside you know like the the one clear memory i have of this and the the movie like is as far as i remember completely dialogueless, but not a silent movie like you hear the sound of the mm-hmm. uh, ocean and the environment and everything else like that Um, the one clear one I have is the man and the woman having to go through this long path on the island to get something that required that, I don't know if it was like fresh water or something, but it required both of them to bring it back because there was a basket between them, and it's, it, something happens, uh, and when you see it because of the how the movie has been how the pace was it actually feels like a shock and it, it's like something that m- probably would be more ordinary in any other kind of movie with more action and more more story and things like that but it, it is a remarkable movie it's just one that uh, I I feel unqualified to sing the praises of other than what I just did
0: that's it for you drey dog.
1: Uh Goliath two, it's about a tiny elephant. It's from Walt Disney. Okay, no, I'm not gonna it's okay, that's also one of the things from nineteen sixty FC. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Alright, uh before we get to the plugs part, uh the next pairing is six, 1964 the soft skin uh, Truffaut movie, one I haven't seen it one yet. Um Dave Eaves will make his debut uh with us finally. And pairing that with uh, bl- uh, Blood and Black Lace, oh, nice. the first of several Bava movies that we're gonna cover, because yeah, it's my show and Bava is my favorite horror director/slash so my favorite one of my favorite directors. Period. So I'm gonna mm. cram in as much Bava as I can. And uh, MVP, um, uh, uh, Melanie will be charged for that. And uh, yeah, <coughs> Blood and Black Lace and the Soft Skin. Uh, I don't think there'll be much crossover, but watch those movies.
1: <laughs> Never know.
0: Yeah, well, I want to watch Pava because he's the, uh, he's the best. But uh, okay, so Amanda and this comes out in March. So by March, will will, will you be on uh, wrong wheel again or anything like that? I do
2: not know. Um, yeah, I mean, just just being like totally honest, like I've been working so much, so I will maybe. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I currently have no, um, nothing really new to plug at this time other than um, I am on Twitter and W Mass Liberty and uh, happy that the the politics are pretty much done um, at this point, even though not not everybody feels that way. And then uh, (laughs) um, the COVIDs will be over soon. So that, but mostly movies. All right.
0: And, uh, j Dog, um, this comes out in March, the Vampire Podcast, that, status of that. We, we should be
1: starting recording by then, uh, again, yeah, because I've got the, I have edited all the dialogue on episode three, I just have been too busy with work to, uh, finish just putting on the music, and I think, uh, a little bit of stuff in between like the the end ending part so by now yeah we should be hopefully in the uh, next series by the okay. way did you get the your the package we sent for Christmas yet nope Spencer
0: <laughs> yes
1: did you hear what I say
0: yeah I, d- I didn't get a package from you yet
1: oh okay I couldn't hear <laughs> if you responded
0: Oh, no. The, yeah, mail's been slow. I'm getting like. I, today I got a Christmas card from my friend. That she sent like three weeks ago, and she lives one town over. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's.
2: Just like.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, I'll talk to you about what's in the package because I, I don't want to spoil it for you later. Um, yes, so that's that's it. Uh, please don't send me an outer space. It's <laughs> still out there.
0: Okay. But, uh um a, r- a red black and green a celebration of african history we'll have something up by then the madagascar research uh is going not too smoothly because uh it turns out when you research history of madagascar it gets complicated because uh a bunch of different white men had different opinions of uh the origins no so way i'm having trouble <laughs> sorry that oh mm-hmm. yeah shocker it's, uh, it kind of complicated so d- d- trying to uh, streamline all the information is kind of difficult. So eventually, that'll come up, and then um, a piece on Thomas Sankara, who was this uh, Marxist, who was the president of Burkina Faso. He rev he revolutionized the country, um, uh, gave a lit- uh, raised literacy rates, empowered women, um, um, spread uh, helped spread um, vaccinations to s- help stop. I Think it was measles or. S- it was one of those diseases you anyway, then he was assassinated with help from the u.s government uh, because he wanted nothing to do with the west and europe hmm. so uh. <laughs> yeah he, he's a real fascinating yeah. guy real comp, con, uh some contradict some contradictory things but he did good things for his country so i'll have a piece on him that <coughs> uh well hopefully um uh uh, hopefully I can write about his legacy and how complicated and this interesting he was Nice, but uh yeah and uh, besides that i might be on uh, some other podcasts but I don't know by now
2: yeah I hear you <laughs> uh,
0: hey, right, hey no,
1: nobody ever invites uh, me on podcasts if somebody wants to invite me to a podcast JDT Movies
2: on Twitter
0: awesome Oh, uh, my my thing is I, I ask people directly. I don't way. want to ask. You can anybody. ask for <laughs> him. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I don't you mind asking what? for you.
2: Like hey. <laughs> he loves. Uh, yeah,
1: I, I'm into it. If yeah, I, it's not that not that I need the attention or anything like that. I just uh, it's it's fun to about talk. musicals.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'll talk about musicals. It'll it'll all be. You know, curse
2: words, but I mean, I yeah, did, that'd be an a awesome dog. podcast, actually. I
0: mm. think By this time, <laughs> by this time, um, uh, our the episode on Tati will be out, and people will be shocked at what you have to say about musicals in that episode. Oh man, if you remember what you said in the episode, Joel,
1: I thought you were gonna say people are gonna be shocked about what I had to say about Tati. I was like, did I not like Tati?
0: I, d- I, I was don't shocked. Think that's in true. It. No, no, you said you. <laughs> You said you liked some musicals and you said one musical that you liked which oh. to me was real shocking to learn you liked a musical.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. But I uh, will get uh, listen to Tati to episode but uh yeah. <clears throat> Amanda, thank you for coming thank on. Thank you for having me guys. And you will return for uh, Agnes Varda episode and um awesome. Louis episode, uh Louis Mall episode. Uh that john cribs will be
2: on
0: that one oh very cool yeah I, I can tell you the movie is off i'm gonna record because he kind of picked uh picked a couple already but um yeah uh j-dog thanks for being a good host and uh i will see you guys next time for um the soft skin or some special episode i forgot which it's which it will be but Sounds something
2: good um thank you guys um, i'm mm-hmm. gonna stop the recording um, and then i just need the email you guys want me to send the
0: the show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod. Our email is still highandlowpod at gmail.com. You can find a show on Spotify, Podbean, and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fopp, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art at SarahKathleenRoberts.com, and thank you for listening.